When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. I wanted to wish uh, Shana Tova to all who celebrate. It was Rosh Hashanah this weekend. And I am recording this a tad early so that I can travel and be home with my family for the holiday. So this week's episode does not include anything on OC or on Southern Charm, but I will be covering those next week. Speaking of Southern Charm, it seems as though most of the Southern Charm and Summer House cast got axed from Winter House because Winter House Season 3 actually has a lot more people from the Below Deck franchises. There's even Brian Benny from Family Karma. So I am here for kind of a reboot and a refresh. I think it'll be really interesting. It's odd that Tom Schwartz is there. He just seems so out of place. (laughs) But I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, yeah, very, very interesting. You know, we've been following this Lindsay and Carl story for a bit of time, a couple weeks now. And, you know, there was a story that was an exclusive in People about the letter or the message or the email that Carl sent to all of the invited wedding guests saying that the wedding is no longer happening. But, you know, how he's devastated, how Lindsay's devastated. And these are some options. You can go to Mexico anyhow, you can whatever it is. And Sierra made it sound as if a wedding guest sold that to People magazine. I don't know if that's the case, but I, you know, my thoughts on it are Lindsay was the PR pro and she's probably like, you ended this. You have to deal with it now. You deal with our wedding guests. You deal with letting people know like the burden is not on me. I did not end this relationship. And so I bet Carl is like in over his head with the PR stuff and It's just very odd that they didn't have a joint statement saying how sad that they are, but that that they're moving forward in the best way. Like, clearly, it was not an amicable breakup. And I'm just kind of interested to see how things move forward. Of course, Craig, of all people, came out and said, you know, gave his first take, you know, before anyone else has discussed this, everyone's closed lipped. And he said that it's was they had a rough couple months over the summer and we'll see it play out on Summer House and everyone had to deal with it. And I'm just like, oh, Craig, couldn't you keep your mouth shut just for a few more weeks, you know, (laughs) just. Uh, but I'm sure he's probably doing press for Southern Charm. So I am interested in, you know, this season Southern Charm. It'll 
you know, be interesting to see Olivia and Taylor kind of go at it because they were such close friends. And, you know, Olivia wasn't even really from Charleston. Like, I think her family has a house there, but I'm pretty sure she grew up in Texas. So for her to come and to join this cast and already have to deal with it in like cestuousness, you know, having her ex or whatever he was to her, Austin, hook up with her like best friend, you know, that's just, it's a lot. And it'll be interesting to see how she handles all of it. Speaking of handling things, I've been watching with some interest how Bravo and NBC Universal are going to handle all of the alleged talk about a reality TV union and, you know, a potential lawsuit by Bethany and others. And that really seems to have died down in the last few weeks. And I don't know, is Bethany all bark and no bite? Because this is, if there's no lawsuit, what was the point of those threatening letters? I don't know. It'll be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. All right, guys, I've got two fabulous guests on this week, Mario and Leslie. They're from the brand new Bravo podcast, East and West with Mario and Les. And they're so lovely. I had such a great time chatting with them. And I think you guys will really enjoy this. As always, if you like the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if there's anything that you want to reach out to me about, constructive criticism, your thoughts on the episode, you can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. I am traveling a bit right now, so I may be a little slow to respond, but I promise I will get back to each and every one of you. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and then back with Mario and Les. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. So I am here with a fabulous duo that met on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and then <laughs> met in real life at the first ever BravoCon and became good friends and started a podcast called East and West with Mario and Les. So welcome for the first time to this podcast, Mario and Leslie. How are you guys doing? Hola. Hey, Mandy. It's so nice to finally meet you in kind of person. Right, face-to-face, at least. <laughs> yeah, yes, very exactly. nice to be here. Exactly. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. You know what? I'm just going to say it's nice to meet you because this is the new normal, all right? So right. it's very nice to meet you in <laughs> person or virtually. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. I uh, Our voices may not be familiar to those who don't listen. So I'm Mario Kiki and the fabulous voice before me with Miss Leslie. <laughs> I am Leslie. Nice to nice to meet all of your listeners as well. And so, yeah, Leslie, you're the East mm-hmm. Coast version of East and West. So you're based in Miami. 
Yes. Yes. I am in Miami. Um, I've lived here since I was like two. So I consider myself a native. Um, and yes. Yeah. Do you ever run into the Real Housewives of Miami, any of them? Yes, yes. And as a matter of fact, I was supposed to go to a luncheon today at Neiman Marcus. They're having like a luncheon and fashion show. And Alexia and Marisol were like hosting it or something. And my friend Stuart works at Neiman Marcus. And he always invites me to things. And I'll go if I can. And I was supposed to go today. And my daughter was sick. And I ended up having to take her to the doctor. So I couldn't go. But yes, I do see them. <laughs> I've seen Nicole in Neiman Marcus having lunch. I've seen Marisol. I went to an event with Captain Lee at um, a yacht club that my friend belongs to. Like, maybe three months ago. And Captain Lee was there and Marisol was there because she belongs. I spoke with both of them. So yeah, I do see them here and there. Do they come across in real life the same way they come across on television? Um, They kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of do. Uh, Marisol was very friendly both times that I've met her. Um, I actually saw her. Countess Luann was performing like a few years ago, my friends and I went and they were sitting right behind us. Her, Alexia, I think Adriana was there too. And I, I was talking up Marisol in the bathroom because Mama Elsa had just passed away Aww. and she was lovely. Yeah. Oh, so, I loved and they, Mama they, they Elsa. They do. They, I know. Me too. Me too. They, they're, they're the same. I think you get what you See or you see what you can. That's what's I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna agree with Leslie because every uh -huh. Bravo celebrity that we've met or I'll speak for me that I've met in person at Bravo Cons 2019 and 22 has been exactly how you yeah. see them on TV and it's so weird because the personality wise she, like Ramona was a monster as usual. Um, <laughs> so I'm just saying she yes. was Ramona was the monster as we Historic. like to say. Uh, but it's funny that you bring up uh, Miami because when we were at the BravoCon in Gansevoort, Dr. Nicole was there and she was at the bar and I saw her and I said hi and I just said hi. I watched the show and we ended up sitting with her for like half an hour just gossiping and talking. Right. And this was she knows a lot of the same people I know. Too. Yes. So I just kept so, dropping their names, like, oh, you know this one, you know that one. Like, it was funny seeing Leslie like in her Miami Prime because I'm like, <laughs> oh, so they all have mutual friends, and so I keep telling Leslie, right. like, girl, I need you to be a producer, be a friend of, be something <laughs> because we have. I wish. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's but, so yeah. funny. And no then, friend of friend Mario. in the background. <laughs> Mario, you're based in Los Angeles. Do you hang around West Hollywood or Beverly Hills where the Vanderpump or Real Housewives crews hang out? I don't. I am actually in Northern California. Sorry. Oh, and so I <laughs> sorry. It's completely different area. Okay, I... now. Just kidding. I could have gone along with it and been like, oh, yes, I'm in Los Angeles. No, I have actually been, I, I'm in Northern California. I'm, I'm on like, a, I'm an hour flight. And so I do go to Southern California. And I was there recently for the Beyonce concert. Uh, Post-Bravo exposure, yes. If I'm in L.A., I'm going to hit the spots. I was just at Sur last weekend. Um, I ran into Peter. I'm such a tourist. And it's so funny because when you go to Sur or Pump or uh, any other Bravo Southern California lands landmark, there's always Bravo fans now. And we all recognize each other. We all see each other. 
And, but yeah, I do, I do see if I'm going to go to Southern California, I always have to like have Leslie approve it just to make sure that I'm not doing the most, but I'd be like, Hey girl, should I go to sir? Should I go? And she's like, hello, absolutely. But yeah. Even for one drink. Yes. You have to. My my whole family is trained now that on any trip we go on, (laughs) if it's like a housewife city or a Bravo city that we're going to do a Bravo crawl for at least an afternoon or an evening or something. So something and they're fine with it. I know. I really want to go to Salt Lake now, but I don't ski downhill or I don't, I should say, I ski downhill. I don't enjoy skiing downhill. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's probably not worth going, but I don't know. Maybe they have other, mm-hmm. I do like cross country skiing, but I don't believe they have that there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I, no, I'm Mary Cosby in that sense. I don't want to throw snow. I don't want to be in the mountains. I don't want to be in the cold. <laughs> I'm a city boy at heart. I am not going to go to, I would like to go to Salt Lake just to tour like the city, but I'm not going to do any of that uh, nature stuff. Y'all have fun though. (laughs) Well, maybe we should start with Salt Lake because that's the one I watched most recently. So it's like fresh in my mind and I can't wait to get your guys' thoughts. So I felt like in this episode, we really got to know Monica. I felt like they leaned in heavy to Monica. What are your thoughts on Monica and what she revealed this week? So I liked the scene with her mom. I thought it was a sweet scene. And I felt sorry for her when she said that she had to go and buy a Louis Vuitton bag to like fit in and she probably couldn't afford to buy the bag. I mean, but she had to go and do it because she needed to fit in with them. And I mean, as women, we can relate to that. I feel like everybody has their bags and their stuff and she needed to. And then, then on the flip side of that, I was shocked when she told Heather why she was, is it excommunicated? Discommunicated? Excommunicated from the church. Excommunicated. I mean, that was a lot. I I agree with Leslie in terms of the transparency that she's giving the camera. There's very, uh, listen, you're going to hear me go on a rant because I am a housewife. I've been watching Bravo since before Orange County. So I am invested and I'm never going away. So I I have a self-proclaimed doctorate in these lives. But as far as new wives go, you can always tell, I feel how they're going to go based on their introductory introductory episodes. How open are they? How transparent are they? Are they acting it up? Monica has given me authentic energy so far. She's just acting how she does because the energy is the same in her confessionals as it is when she's in her scenes. So there's not like some overacting energy elsewhere. I see an, a cohesiveness in her personality because sometimes they're different in their confessionals than they are in their scenes. Last night when she revealed, I couldn't think of a different housewife that's been so honest with the intimidation of being a new member of this world because I started thinking, I'm like, who has admitted on camera that they're intimidated by the luxury, they're intimidated to fit in. It was very real. And I know that, you know, we can relate to that. But on the flip side, I'm thinking, okay, well, can we hire because I watch these shows to escape? Where's the rich ladies? <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, so we're hiring people that are struggle busting like me, 
But I used to watch these shows to escape and to see the opulence and to see the fabulosity. And so if they've legally obtained that, then maybe, you know, because Jen Shaw didn't. So we don't sure. always <laughs> need. Uh, but it was very real. And then I also liked her approach last night when she admitted that she was excommunicated for having the affair. And when she said in her confessional, you know, the best way to own the best way to control your present is to own your past embrace it don't try to hide from it be honest and i juxtapose that with how jen with two ends on orange county has been handling her affair and how she's been trying to hide and double talk and triple talk and right. look at the mess she's in the audience wasn't as receptive to the new housewife over at oc because of all the question marks and all her stories and all her different ways and whatever and so to see that juxtaposed with how monica embraced her affair and her mistakes i'm like see this is why people are getting a good reception to monica because she's just owning it and you know it's hard to do that mm -hmm. on a public forum so i gave her kudos and she's gorgeous and beautiful in addition to she everything else that I've rambled on. Yeah. I would be so but, embarrassed to share like, cause it's, it's when she said 18 months, like not that it would be a good thing if it was one time, but a little more understandable. Oh, was, yeah. 18 months to screw over your husband and your sister-in-law and to uh -huh. screw your yeah. brother-in-law. Like, right. Exactly. That was like a, Full on affair. That was not just yeah. a one time mistake. But I think what's being lost in the gossip here is that she was so casual when she told the audience that her father is left for a gay man. Like he's a gay man and he left us for his lover. Right. I'm like, I agree. Can we go back to that? Like that was the juicy, salacious. Because to me, it's like, oh, like, whoa, like that was a big one. But then I think the group's going to focus more on the affair part because of the religious undertones and the Mormonism of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and but I don't know if they know about her. It's upbringing. wild. I mean, this is a very unusual situation. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, oh she's know. like an all time housewife because doing something like that and having the capacity to do something like that means that you have a bit right. of an edge and you don't always care how you treat other people. So, Hey, like that might be the making of a good housewife. Do mm -hmm. I feel for her? Totally. But like, that was like, that terrible was yeah. decision making. That was a lot. That was awful. And she said it so nonchalantly also that too, like, not just about her dad, that she was just like, well, I had an affair with him for 18 months. Like she just told you she ate a sandwich. Like <laughs> I, I just couldn't can't get it. over it. And no, and, and to your point, Mandy, I always watch these shows in like a producer lens. Like I don't watch it in like a human sense because if I, I used to, let me be very clear. I used to judge mm -hmm. them and I used to be angry and I used to be like emotionally invested and be offended by their actions. But since I've been watching these women for almost 20 years, now I'm like, oh, well, that's great for the show. I always think for the yeah. show, for the show, mm -hmm. it's for I the show. I think we all do now. It's We can't yeah, now. help it. It's like second well, nature now. If you go on Twitter and you see the way people are personally offended by these actions, I'm like, bro, like, it's a show. <laughs> yeah, we have a show yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. People are the <laughs> angriest on Twitter. One thing I clocked, though, and it took me a minute, when she said that her father left them when she was four, she had said uh, maybe 10 minutes earlier, um, or maybe in the same scene, I don't know, 
that her mom converted to the Church of Latter-day Saints when she was five. And I thought, huh, that makes sense because I'm going to say some offensive things, but (laughs) the the Mormons proselytize a lot. And so part of that, and I, I believe I have been corrected by listeners who are associated with LDS that they no longer do the door to door proselytization. Okay. So that is a major departure since Heather was on a mission and since I experienced it growing up. But it sounded like Mm -hmm. someone rang on her mother's, you know, doorbell. And it was a moment when her mom was in a really difficult, painful situation. It was vulnerable. Right. And that's, I feel like they sort of, and not just Elias, anyone that proselytizes, I feel like they prey on people who are going through really tough life experiences and the religion serves them really well in that moment and through Mm -hmm. that experience. But then sometimes it gets, it kind of goes the other way when they get older or they, you know, keep in the church and then it's like, oh, I have a gay child or my daughter decided to fuck her (laughs) brother-in-law. You know, it's, right. it's for 18 months. 18 months. <laughs> it's just like feels a little bit like, oh, God. So it's always so fascinating to me, though, to see these people who are like kind of Mormon, like they're excommunicated from the church, but yet they still want to raise their kids with some sort of sense of religion. Well, and I, they're not totally I right mean, at this point. Yeah. You're. At this point, you're describing Lisa Barlow because she right, identifies I was just as a say Mormon. That. Yeah, like yes, she yes. identifies as a Mormon, and she has a liquor line. And ever since season one, I was confused at the disconnect there. I'm like, Me too. how are you a Mormon and you sell Vita tequila and you drink? I mean, I don't know if she drinks or not, but I mean, I'm like, just being on this show seem it seems to be against her religion, frankly. Uh-huh. Like to join a show like this and to. I don't know. So that I'm, uh, it's a weird disconnect. And that's why Heather was questioning last night. It's like, well, how are you a Mormon then? Well, she does drink. So I think it's, what do they call it? There's a certain term for Mormons who are like, you know, they say cafeteria Catholics that they like pick and choose which things they follow. Like one of my best friends is Irish Catholic. And when I first met her family, her mom was like, we're more Irish than Catholic. Like, I was like, fair. Right. Okay. Right. I, I see how you feel about your religion. Right. But I feel like there isn't, at least my understanding of Mormonism, there's no like Mormon light where you can just pick and choose like what you do. So I guess. I think that's I think just. So. That's just what, I mean, frankly, with religion, it's just a lot of people pick and choose what they want to. Whenever they feel something personally offended by, that's what's going to be. Um, let me pull my religion card and my mom could be described as cafeteria Catholic. Like, frankly, like I'll tell her that to her face, but I was raised Catholic and it was the same thing. We have a problem with abortion until we know somebody that needs one. We have a problem with gay marriage until we need to go to a gay wedding. Right. And, and to me, it's like, Oh my God, I don't identify now as Catholic, but I do have like my spiritual side and stuff, but being raised Catholic and having to unlearn everything. I think that's why I like the religious side of Salt Lake city, because you're watching Whitney and Heather 
unlearn what they were told to do with Mormonism. And mm -hmm. I relate to that in the Catholic sense because I have to unlearn what's wrong and what's right. And it's so ingrained in you that how you live your life is a sin and you're going wrong and you're going to hell. And so it's it's been an interesting journey watching at least Whitney be like, I don't care. I am who I am. And, you know, just she did all the process or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe she didn't, according to Heather. But, um, yeah, it's just it's the religious uh, parts of it has been fascinating to watch them just unlearn everything. Yes. And then to see that, see that with Mary, who's a pastor. And it's like, whoa, like it's, it's all over the place, frankly. It is. And, you know, Leslie, I know you're also Jewish. And I just find it mm -hmm. it's there's it's so complicated, at least for us, like because there's a way to yes. be Jewish where you eat pork. There's a way to be Jewish and not believe in God. There's like a way. Right. There's so many ways to be Jewish. Right. As long as you're Jewish. Yeah. Right. You're Jewish. Then you, it's, you're just, you it's are. okay. You're and, still Jewish. Right. And and there's, you know, I mean, obviously there's not a way to be Orthodox and eat pork. Right. But there's a way no, to be reformed. No. Right. But there's different types of Jews of and, you know, all of that. So. Right. It's just, it's just really interesting. Now, wanted to get your thoughts on what Heather had to say about um, Jack, Lisa Barlow's son, going on a mission. Because she seemed to have some questions and also a little bit of judgment. But, you know, she's the only one out of all of them that's ever done a mission. That's ever done a mission. Well, I was kind of surprised that he was going to do that. Um, I didn't realize he was so into being a Mormon for lack of a better way to describe it. I mean, we have we seen that at all? When he said fudge I college, so. I was like, oh, he's dedicated. Yes. <laughs> oh, I... oh, God, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Yes. I mean, fudge, by the way, fudge college sounds delicious. I would enroll in a heartbeat. But <laughs> I, I was on the same, I was in the same uh, thought process. I'm like, oh, if he said fudge college. But I didn't connect the two until we found out about the mission. Because I'm same. like, oh, well, he doesn't want to go to college. He right. doesn't want to go to college. So I thought, okay, maybe he wants to do the influencer thing that all these kids Right, I thought he about. wanted to do a business or something. He seemed like... An oh, entrepreneur. I like, just thought the fact that he said fudge <laughs> indicated that he oh. was, that was the, for me, I was like, oh, he won't even swear. Not that I grew He's up more, swearing right. much. He's Mormon. But the fact right. that, he, that right. came out so naturally, like, yes. that just wouldn't True. come out naturally for, for right. me. <laughs> N me yeah, neither. No, me neither. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, no, we're good. I'm good. Definitely I love, not. I love fudge, but the other F word is more common in my lexicon. But. Absolutely. But yeah, I think um, Heather, you know, Heather was being, this is where I struggle with my producer lens and my, because uh, I always question the intent. I'm like, do you care or are you trying to create a scene, a storyline? That's where I go back and forth because I'm like, I don't know if Heather cares or if she just wants to have something to talk about, like how, so I guess we're going to see it fold out, but a part of me feels like they do come for Barlow. I always call her Barlow because there's so many Lisas, but, but with Barlow, I always feel like they come for her a little too hard because she is the self-proclaimed queen and she's like the Sundance queen and she's popular amongst the fan base. And so there's a lot of layers. I think that they kind of jab at her more than they would somebody else. I feel, you know, very true. Yeah, I just, I Agreed. think she, I think she is concerned because of the fact that she's going through this process of like unlearning things and also having a child like the same age and trying to raise her child to see more nuance 
rather than things in black and white because the world is very nuanced, but the religion doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily allow for that. So yeah, particularly, like, and there's yeah. so many amazing things about the LDS church, I mean, and about missions and how, you know, one of my listeners wrote me and said that her father died when she was young and missionaries helped their family, you know, during that. Really right. Tough so there period. are good things. There's really good things that can come of it. I think the complicated part is some of the teachings are just very exclusionary and then they make people feel really mm-hmm. bad about themselves and, and ashamed. Of right. Things I that don't. Yeah. I don't think they should be ashamed of. You know, so it's just, it's hard. It's, you know, it's complicated. Yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. And for me, any extreme version of any religion is hard for me. And including, you know, like, very orthodox Jewish people, our own, right? Oh, yeah. So I don't, I feel repressive to women. My mom had so many opinions about that. And she was a very, very... Um, what do you observant Jew? Like we grew up right. keeping kosher. She, you know, went to synagogue almost every day to say Kaddish mm-hmm. after her mom died. But right. when my my mother passed, I would look when I'd be traveling. Where could I go to synagogue and say Kaddish? And if the only minion in town was an Orthodox mm-hmm. one, I wouldn't go because I knew my mom would rather me not say Kaddish than go to a minion where I don't count. Right, because you're a second-class citizen there. Yeah. Like, it's and, not, yeah. <laughs> I guess for listeners who don't know, a minion is a group of 10 adult Jews, meaning that they've been bar right. or bat mitzvahed, and you need 10 Jews in order to say certain prayers, including the morning prayer. Right. Um, so Right, and during Shiva as well, you yes. need, like, 10 men to come in, and when they're doing the minion, yes. So, so Well, I can yeah. already tell that <laughs> I could, the formula, as a, as a seasoned viewer, a housewife's historian, <laughs> as I say, I already can tell what's going to happen. Whitney is going to go tell Lisa what Heather said behind her back. Yep. Lisa's going to get offended. They're going to clarify. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I expect obje- or when I expect maturity from these shows, I make myself laugh because then we wouldn't have a show. So right. if Heather is right. concerned as um, as we're thinking she is, then she should she would have told Barlow. But then their relationship is a mess. So I know Whitney's going to twist it and say it in some weird way. Whitney's going or Lisa's going to say, "Don't talk about my kids." Mm-hmm. You can just see the effects of that one conversation of them in the pool. What I found interesting though is that Heather felt so comfortable already venting to Whitney because of their season three relationship. Like I'm like, wow, you're already opening up to Whitney. She knows. But then again. Right? The timeline also is after Girl Strip, I think. So the Girl Strip three. So I think they made up in Girl Strip three. But I think they also both know, and this is what I told Leslie on our podcast, is that the Salt Lake City girls are different to me because they have been watching the other cities for so long. They know they have a show to do. They know mm-hmm. they have to move on. They can't hold the grudges or else the show is going to be There's impacted. no show. Right. Yeah, and that's that's similar to what the Potomac girls do. That's why you're going into season eight with four OGs because they know this is what we have to do. We have to move on and keep the show going if we want right. to stay on the show. And so I think that's when you get a good chemistry of the cast is when they prioritize entertainment over pride. And that's what's fascinating about the older, older OGs who let the show be second to their ego. And that's what impacts the show. And it went... The kiss of death is when they say, I don't want to film with so-and-so. Right. You have to have great <laughs> and, scenes. 
And that's when it's like, oh, shit. That's when it's like, oh, shit. The show's impacted. They're refusing to film and that everything else just uh, follows after that. Yeah. But don't you think that when any of these women go to Whitney and share something openly that they know Whitney's going to bring it up. So I feel like Heather did it on purpose almost because I do believe these are valid feelings that Heather has. I I believe they're not valid. Uh They're, They're her real feelings. Um, But I do think that she's like, oh, this will be a great way rather than me bringing it up to Lisa, you know, do it. Let Whitney do it for her. Yeah, I feel like she's got more into that. Possible. Yeah, that's possible. But my counter argument is maybe Heather is trying to test Whitney's loyalty to her. Because now if she betrays, because if she betrays Heather again, she's going to say, wow, we just made up. I vented to you. Even though I vented to you on camera, it's going to come up when they see the show back. But still, to betray her, quote unquote, for the show, it's going to really reaffirm to Heather, like, oh, my God, you're prioritizing the show over our relationship. And what's fascinating about real-time appearances on Watch What Happens Live is you can sort of deduce how they're doing now. Oh, yeah. And Whitney was, Whitney was on last night, and uh andy brought up you know the scene of them in the pool and heather venting and whitney was again like well why is she commenting on lisa's experience so i'm pretty sure whitney's going to sort of side with lisa go based on that answer and there's going to be like a heather pile on type of thing so it'll be interesting this is how much i overthink about stuff (laughs) well i have a question for you leslie as um Mm -hmm. well actually mario do you have children i don't know okay no No, me neither so um (laughs) Leslie, as a person in this room that has children, how did you take the fact that Angie's 11-year-old daughter sleeps in between her and her husband in the bed every night? Uh, Okay. First of all, when I saw them (laughs) all together, I was like, how big is that bed? It's the most giant. Like, did you notice how big it was? You have to look. You have to go back and look. The thing was like. Right? It's like. It looked bigger. I felt like it was a double, like, king size. I mean, it looked huge. On that note, I I cannot imagine my 11-year-old child sleeping in bed with me every night. That would not happen. I had two kids. So I have three kids. I have two boys and a girl. My only well-adjusted child in that way and sleeping in the crib was my middle child. He slept in his crib every night. I took the bottle right away at 12 months. No problem. The other two slept in my bed until they were three. Till they were three, then they went in their own beds, and that was fine. My husband and I would find other places and ways to do things, and that was fine. But the eleven, I'm just that's too old. <laughs> yeah, seriously. When we would go to like hotel rooms when they were little, and they were sleeping, they didn't know they were like two years old. We'd go in the bathroom. What could we do? We had no other choice. We're in the room with them, so. That's, you know, you have to get creative, but I don't, I don't think it's healthy for the girl to be in bed with I agree. them every night either, let alone their relationship. And the husband was kind of hot, I thought. So yeah, that's, let's what is talk she about, doing? Let, let's talk about the husband. Talk about the husband. Say. But no, I, <laughs> he is hot, but I was, I'm so numb to the idea of being a parent that I never know. I think everything's weird about kids, first of all. Like, I don't like, I don't want to raise one. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to mess them up. Like, I am like trauma. I'm a walking trauma dumper. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and raise a child. So I I was sitting there like, is that 
is there an age limit? Like, is there a permit? At what point do we need a permission slip? Yes. Like, when do you like that's, but an 11 year old was, I have cousins that are that age. And I'm thinking, no, if I ever was in a position to, you're going to sleep on the floor, like normal <laughs> kids. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to share my bed with you. Like, and sorry. Not at this age. If they were like, sick. If I, yeah. I mean, I don't even think when I was sick, but my brother and I would sometimes share like when one of us was scared or there'd be a big thunderstorm I hated the thunderstorms he didn't like he thought there were aliens everywhere totally normal (laughs) so like we would you know stay in each other's rooms but we kind of knew that like you only went to mom and dad if you like threw up in your bed or something (laughs) like which like exactly happens right (laughs) you know as and even then I would never go in the middle I would just sleep next to my mom my mom would like move over and I would just sleep next to her like I didn't even go in the middle I don't know I'm gonna have to yell at my mom because she would put us on the floor I'm gonna be like mom other people got to sleep with their parents what the hell's wrong with you throwing us on the floor like like a cat god it's she was like you're fine but I feel like Angie allowing that and not trying to, I mean, we're making a lot of assumptions, but like, I'm assuming she's okay with this and she's not trying to change this current situation. That tells me more about how Doesn't she feels like about her husband than it does. Because if you really want to value that time with your husband, like it doesn't have to be sexual. It can literally be like, I'm sure my parents spent like most of their time talking about us and of course and like work in problems bed. and stuff like when they were in bed right. talking because that was when we weren't around and so whatever they wanted to share that was private with each other that they didn't want kids to know mm-hmm. like that's why we knew not to go in there that's their time you know and exactly. we we didn't go in until well, the door opened you know her, right and her and even like for for your own relationship with yourself i mean you need a break from your kid your kid's got to go to bed yes. You need to have that time, even if your husband is there or not, just to like decompress. Yeah. You cannot be on like that 24 hours a day. Electra. Her daughter's name was Electra, right? Yeah. Electra. That was my concern. Aside (laughs) from bed sharing, I'm like, you named your child Electra. She sounds like a freaking porn star. Like, are you serious? Like, Electra? I want to know. I mean, if it's a family name, my apologies. If your grandma is Electra, <laughs> what is family now. name Who is, is Electra? As a family name, right. listen. I am exactly. just giving people. I am giving people the benefit of the doubt. But Electra. Oh my god! I'm like that's like my drag queen name. Like hello, like that's Electra. So Welcome funny, to the stage. Electra. But I'm like Electra. Like I was more flabbergasted at the name choice. But when she first said Electra, because she had the dog with pink hair, right? So I thought, oh, Electra is her dog's name. How cute. And then she she clarified it in my daughter's <laughs> name. I was like, oh, my bad, girl. My bad. Electra for your daughter. What a choice. Do Any you. kind of final thoughts before we move on to some of the other cities? Are you excited? What do you think about Whitney bringing Angie along and not telling the girls? Oh, I like it. That's good. Classic. Classic yeah. housewife. Pettiness. Like, yeah. Petty nonsense. And I do think that – I think I told Leslie this via text, but I think the energy – of this season feels completely lighter now that Jen's in prison. Cause oh, Jen was yeah, like hundred percent. She's the worst. Jen was like the dark energy that was like hovering over them for the past two seasons. She was exhausting. Season exhausting, demanding. Everybody seems scared of her. Mind you, I'm scared of her too. I like it. I don't want her to come after my pension. Like leave me alone. <laughs> but I think that's like, 
that said, <laughs> stay away from me. But I, I think it's amazing that she's gone. But um, it does feel lighter. Um, I'm happy that Meredith and Lisa made up. And I, I live, I'm close enough to go to Palm Springs. And I've always wanted to go to the Trixie Motel. So one day I will go to the Trixie Motel. You should go. For sure. It's fat. It looks so fabulous. But um, yeah, Angie showing up uninvited, classic housewife moves. It was very light, petty nonsense. Yeah. And, um, I'm enjoying I'm here, it. Yeah, I'm here for the very petty, light nonsense because Salt Lake City was very dark with the Gen Prison era. Well, so. it was a chore to watch it last season, I thought. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, it it was, felt like it lasted 84 years. And they were yeah. trying to go after Mary Cosby, like couple years back when you literally have yeah. a like soon to be convicted felon you know like she's know. not innocent you can say innocent till proven guilty all you want you know when the southern district of new york presses charges and has an indictment yeah that they they're have not a playing. case this isn't like a exactly. random like local police department no <laughs> you know that's right. like exactly that's why salt lake city police are on the job that's why meredith cack- <laughs> meredith's evil cackle is like i want it to be my ringtone but when she cackled at them thinking that she called the Fed. It's Meredith's like, do you think that happens overnight? Like, do you honestly believe right. like that's how the system right. works? Like, oh, so completely. But yes, I'm excited for the new season. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I want to know what happened in Aruba. I hope it's not another black eye situation. I need to know what happened. So if you have listeners that. that know or that they're a spy, please slide into my thing. Knows, but um my guest last week thought that it might be Jen Shaw who who Heather found out betrayed her which I what had not even do? I don't know but something and that was oh, that not, a like, betrayal like, associated with Jen mm, Shaw or that she had mm. shared <sighs> something very private that was like in the vault as they say okay. something like that where mm. I was assuming oh. that they were talking about Monica like how could she have been an informant because right. I don't think they know but I actually that's too obvious I feel like I feel like that there's yes. something that we're not I like getting and I, I appreciate feel like that we, we need don't to already get- know no, for sure. I, oh, I'm I, so I, happy about I, that. So I don't want to know we don't ahead know. of time. Yes, I'm, I'm ahead of time. That said, uh, when we go to BravoCon, we need to get Whitney drunk and get the information out of her because she <laughs> will sing like a canary. <laughs> I think so. She's very friendly. <laughs> I'm she ready is. for yeah, it. Lisa Barlow I'm... was very friendly. Oh, my God. I'm so ready. I'm so I know, Mandy, you mentioned so last week. I listened to your last week episode and you told your guest that it's your first BravoCon. I'm so excited for you. I am so excited. The first year I tried to go and I couldn't get tickets. I mean, I logged on Mm -hmm. like three different browsers. All of that didn't work. Oh, that was Then the next, then it was 2020, 2021, then, or 2020, whatever year they didn't have it. And then the last two years I had weddings of like very close Mm. friends that I had to travel for. And so... It was like, how could this be two years in a row that I'm going to, like, I don't have that many weddings, you know? So that was very frustrating. So then I was like, okay, (laughs) my friend, nobody better get married. You are a great friend. I would have said, y'all better be mad at me because I am not missing BravoCon. (laughs) I will buy you a gift and wish you the best. I am not skipping BravoCon. I mean, these are um, these no, are I'm close kidding. friends, and you're traveling no, with no, a whole I, group. I, you know, it's so fun, and right. it was very totally meaningful. Yeah. No, but 
this year I am like going all out. Well, I'm so. glad nobody is getting married. So good. Yes, mm. I am. Oh my god, very so fun. Have a blast. So excited. Yes. You have no idea. I'm I'm gonna get all the tips from you, and I'm just yeah. I'm so excited. My main tip is when you see them in the wild, like at the hotel or whatever, because like we knew they were staying at the Gansevoort. So I had made a reservation for us that Thursday night on the rooftop. So we got up there pretty early and then one by one, they started to come in. And my tip is treat them like they're a normal person and just be like, oh, my God, hey, whoever. Like, oh, Vicky, oh, my God, you look so good. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what they want to hear. You have... They're not Brad Pitt, you know, so it's yeah. not like you – they want you to come up to them and talk to them. I they see. They love that. Okay. Yeah. I'm Maybe sure not Ramona. Not Ramona. Yeah. <laughs> but the others, yes. No, Vicky was like my best friend by the end of the night. Oh, Because so I was just funny. like, oh, my God, you look amazing, Vicky. So, she, yes. I mean, I would They're like to talk to her about insurance. insurance. I'd be like, so. Oh, she would – Oh, I'm sure she'd be happy to do so. My brother's an actuary for life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. There's your regulators in California. (laughs) There is your it. She will talk your ear out. Believe me, she will talk talk about if you talk about work. I can talk about really dorky topics. I'm not great at the like what you're wearing and that like I don't know fashion. I don't know that stuff. But like anything (laughs) really super nerdy count me in like I would talk to Dr. Nicole okay. about like her, where she did her residency and when she decided Perfect. to like go yes. and yeah. <laughs> right I would never have thought about I would have I, what, I just looked at her and I was like what are you drinking why are you drinking that and then we just went on a tangent about her favorite tequila <laughs> I don't know and then I ended up chatting that same night with Caroline Manzo and she yes like, we were standing never coming talking back to her too to I don't know oh but anyway sorry I don't want to go on too much too long of a tangent but I love it. Okay, I want to pivot to Atlanta because they closed out with a two-part reunion. The first time they've had a two-part reunion since season three, so it was a pretty lackluster season. But I felt like they packed a lot into the reunion. The main kind of takeaway was like, you know, Drew versus Ralph, are Drew and Ty together, Courtney going against Drew on behalf of Ralph. Mm -hmm. I mean... Do you think, I've asked this to like everyone since this came out. So Courtney used to live in Tampa prior to being in Atlanta. Do you think she was Tampa girl, if there was a Tampa girl? I think it's a distinct possibility. (laughs) I mean. I would hope not. because I would also hope not. Because superficially, Ralph is attractive and she's interesting so she's has an interesting appearance to me um so <laughs> you're so terrible i for me it's her voice that makes her unattractive like if she never spoke would i find her beautiful i'm sure but her voice is so horrible that oh, it she, makes like listen that's her voice sounds like helium and then maybe that explains the helium <laughs> shortage in the country because it's stocked up in Courtney's storage somewhere. But I don't know what the hell that voice is. But I didn't mean to shade her appearance that much. But when you're sitting next to somebody gorgeous like Kenya Moore and you have Drew, they're, they're all beautiful. Mm-hmm, I yeah. don't want to. Sometimes I'm like when I do my meet and greets at BravoCon, I'm like, shit, the camera adds 10 pounds. This bitch adds 20. So I don't know if I want to stand next to you. Right. But I'm just saying she. <laughs> 
She is very overconfident for someone that sounds like she's about to float away after all the helium she's inhaled for breakfast. Um, and then the Valley Girl accent in the South is very questionable. I don't know if she's Tampa Girl. I hope not. Their hug in the backstage was not indicative of a cousin hug. I don't hug right? my cousins like that with so much It was creepy. It was so creepy. Do you, I mean, how did you feel about the cast, how they reacted to the Drew and Ty allegations? Atlanta has always been um, tone deaf when it comes to homophobic statements because they don't realize the homophobic undertones. Um, And it goes back to season eight when Kenya was attacking uh, Kim Fields' husband at the time, calling him tootie mm-hmm. and fruity. And so there's always been uh, the black sheep undertones. I love the city and I love the franchise. And I think that they just need to do better. Um, I don't think it's rooted in homophobia. It just comes off. It's like a, a, a ill-intended comment. Um, I think they are more focused on the fact that it's an affair and it just happens to be with a woman. And so um, they weren't saying like, ew, it's a girl and ew, it's a, but I think they were just, it makes, except for Marlo. Yeah. And I think Marlo has also had a history of using the F slur and she said it on camera. And so ultimately I want to believe that it's not rooted in homophobia, but when you have, a certain demographic in the South that believes what they do, they don't realize it's homophobic when they're saying it. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of education, I think would help them sometimes. Um, Cause Kenya more when I love Kenya, by the way, on the show, but she went on Twitter and she was like cancel Courtney for her homophobic, uh, whatever. And people called her out and said, well, you treated the way you treated Kim Fields in season eight. So who are you to sit there on your high horse now and call her out? And so it's a little bit of a double standard and hypocrisy, but um, ultimately I, I, this cast is so disjointed. I don't think they have chemistry. I don't think they care about Drew. It's just for, they use the word moment in Atlanta a lot because they know that they need to create a moment. And so in Atlanta, they're always like, you're trying to create a moment. You're trying to create a moment. And it's like this cast genuinely, I don't think, cares about each other. This this is the first season or second season because they had the same cast last season. Um, this is the first time where the alliances are too obvious for me. Like it's clearly mm-hmm. we're here, a team versus team. There's a missing sense of they try to make Cherie the the lead they try to make her the peacekeeper that's not her role i'm sorry sheree no that was never her role yeah sheree has never been strong enough to carry the show in terms of being the peacekeeper being the and it's like she's too messy first of all because what i and i know i know i'm jumping ahead but she ended the show by saying she hopes there's still sisterhood. But I'm like, ma'am, you're the one that's bringing out receipts, attacking Drew's marriage. You're the one attacking Candy's businesses. Yeah, yeah, you're like, how is this now you want sisterhood after you are attacking the marriage and businesses? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So it, it feels very forced in terms of Sheree claiming she wants sisterhood. Sorry, the whole season felt forced to me and it it was the first season and I actually had like guilt like I'm not a fair weather housewives fan normally and I watch every city there's not a city I don't watch 
This is the first season I really didn't tune in much. I would have it on in the background, but not really paying attention because I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I felt bad about that. Like, they, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to do something. I think they need to get rid of Marlo first and for, like, yeah, oh, they never should have given oh, her a peach. You read they my mind. Have they have to get rid of her because, because she doesn't understand the housewives game. She thinks she does, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. She she goes too low, and she says things that you can't come back from. And I think she thinks you can come back right. from them because people used to say horrible things to her. I think, like, you know, in her childhood and stuff, she heard a lot of terrible things, and she just thinks it's, I don't know, a way to communicate when you're angry. She goes right. way too low and way too hard. And this year it was mm-hmm. just inauthentic. At least she was angry at Kenya yep. when she said nasty things to Kenya. This time, I don't even think right. she was angry at at Candy. She just went mm-hmm. for something that made no sense. Even Andy was like, this doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. This happened two years ago. Why are you talking right. about this? Why are you bringing it up now? So right. for her, I think no, Sonia also needs to go. And I think they need to bring in more Boring. new people. I do feel like Drew has a lot in her if she can open up about what's actually happening in her life. Because mm-hmm. her life is interesting. I'm very interested in what's going on. I'm interested to know, like, her relationship with her sister, her relationship with her mom, her relationship with religion. And is that what's holding her back mm-hmm. from being more open and honest? Or did, did this not really happen? You That's know, whatever it is. So I'm into her. I very much think they can't get rid of Candy and Kenya. You know, they're staples. And I think Sheree's a staple as well. I just think they need to figure out how to build around those three with Drew as sort of the new blood. I, right. I agree. I think Sonya's a very nice person, but she's oh, not yeah. cut out for this. No, she's, no, she's just boring. And yeah. Marlo, even Andy in his book said that Marlo was, did too much uh, in season 14. Like mm-hmm. she, he felt that she was just walking around with a machine gun, which is not really an appropriate metaphor, but we know what he meant. Um, so like that she just did <laughs> too true. much. She did way too much, he said. Um, but I agree with your assessment there. And I think I would love and, you know, some housewives, you never know what you have until it's gone. But I would love Portia back. I saw her on Girl's yeah, Trip and I thought she was hilarious on Girl's Trip. And I think that she would fit in. Her and Kenya's relationship is not as hostile as it was. And I know that they they always end up going at it. And that's one of those feuds that tires me out because they just always, always argue. But at least they seem to have a level of respect for each other that Kenya does not have for Marlo. Like Kenya just could not stand Marlo. And Marlo is way too, like you said, contrived. And she's way too inauthentic. And she's the one that's trying to you know, make something happen. And if nothing is happening to me, an indicator that nothing happened was they had the OG scenes and they had the um, Cynthia Bailey make cameos randomly. Like to me, Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, clearly nothing's happening. They're bringing up old faces from the past that most people probably today, because these are new watchers on Twitter. They probably didn't watch season one. They had no idea. who. Yeah, probably not. They hadn't. No. I like, barely man. remember this. I mean, obviously I remember her, but she didn't do a whole lot. So that's what I'm saying. It's like she was a mute like she was back then. And so um, <laughs> it was an interesting choice. And then the elephant in the room, obviously, was that Nini was not mentioned. But um, yeah, I don't I think Marlo should either be demoted or get get her off the show. She's at this gone. Point, she, yeah. Yeah. So, it just, but she I just would said like to things you can't come back. back from. 
Yeah, no. for sure. Right. For sure. Very low. Very she did low, it to her low. own nephews last season. I mean, do you remember? Like, didn't she tell them something? Like, yeah, I mean, she's like, get the hell out. It wasn't like, I need yeah. a break. It was like screaming, right. like, right. they're out on get their out. own. Get out, right. Like, I'm going to lock right. the door kind of a thing. At least that's how she described right. it. So, for sure. Right. For sure. Yeah, I just think. I believe it. She, yeah, I just think she's says things that are just too nasty and then she, she expects go. everyone yeah. to like move forward and you can move forward a lot in housewives with a lot of shit right like seeing meredith and right. lisa be able to move forward is quite shocking but they're able mm-hmm. to do it i feel like the things that marlo has said are so bad that you just can't move forward and because of it like Candy and Kenya don't even view her as like a formidable opponent. So they don't even spar with her with their words. And that's what that's I so love. true. It's like the verbal lashings. And that's, uh-huh. and that's, that's, that's funny that you say true. that. It's funny that you say that because that's how Marlo perceived Courtney. I'm, I'm sorry. That's how Kenya perceived Courtney. Kenya was like, I don't even, she went on Carlos's King's podcast and was like, I was bored with Courtney. Like Courtney was clearly trying too hard. Courtney just wanted a moment. She, and so Courtney was, Kenya was like, Courtney wasn't even worth my time. So that's why to see Kenya more restrain herself to be like, Nope, not worth it. That's how, you know, you're in the gutter. Like you're bad. We're in the trenches yeah. here. We need something to happen. And not I'm curious worth her to see time. I'm curious to see how Kenya going on these interviews and say in, attacking the integrity of the producers yeah. on Twitter is going to impact casting for next season because she was on Twitter claiming production is after her and oh it's so it might be I don't know what implications might come from that but it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. It will be. And then I guess maybe just to close out the season um it Started a little bit awkward and ended incredibly awkward with Drew sort of serenading her throw it away song to Ralph, who like, I mean, Ralph is the worst. Like he just lies and lies and lies and lies and claims she's lying, which I do believe she does. I do believe she lies. But it's like just because she does doesn't mean his lies are absolved. Exactly. He's a deflector. He (laughs) always has been. He's always triggered me since like minute one, just the way he speaks to her Mm -hmm. and treats her. I remember they had some like romantic dinner one night and he was so mean to her. So mean. That's when I started thinking he was not good looking anymore, Mario. I don't. Same. Judge me. (laughs) I have never claimed to be a good person. I have never claimed to not be a superficial whore. No, but ultimately, <laughs> like, when she sang to him, I got flashbacks of Kim Zolciak singing Don't Be Tardy at the season two reunion. And I'm like, see, look what we had back then. It was fun back then. Now we're seeing mm-hmm. a marriage crumble in front of us. This woman is singing beautifully, may I add. Literally. She has a great voice. And, yes. And even Andy's face was like, holy hell, what is happening right now? Like, this is so <laughs> awkward and embarrassing. Now, Andrew Cohen has gone through some awkward moments on these shows. He has. This was up there with, like, the bunny giving back to Rinna moment. Like, awkward mm-hmm. as hell. Like, I'm sitting there, like, I had never wanted my TV to break more than this. Like, it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh Can gosh. there be a power outage? Please be a power outage right now. Like, please get this rid of me. Like, oh, it was, oh. It was, it was cringe. <laughs> cringe. Cringe. You know what cringe. also was cringe and just moving over straight into New York was how all the women went so hard for Jenna Lyons. Like, they oh, have my constructed God. an idea of her 
in their head. And maybe that is the true her. Maybe she's like fooling us all, you know, and being like how Kathy Hilton kind of did when we know Kathy Hilton is not the nicest, you know, not a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. And not a dummy. But so I don't know. What did you make of them all like kind of gunning for her? And then as soon as she cries, they're like happy because it's like, oh, now you're bonding with us. Oh, you're a real person now because you're telling us. It really bothered me. It bothered me. Like, first of all, what she said that when she was under the influence of like just having dental surgery or whatever and didn't even remember what she had said to Aaron and the way Aaron went back and told them, this is the reason why she didn't fly with us. Like not or that she came early, not what was actually the reason. I mean, and maybe she did want to fly first class, but that's her business and that's fine. And they shouldn't be so bothered by it, in my opinion. And they should, if they want her, she's there trying to open up and say, like when, like when she came to the dinner and like the first, you know, not last week, but the week before. And she told them like, I, I don't look like you. And they're like, get a spray tan. And she's like, it doesn't work that way. And they want her to be honest. And then when she is, they don't like it. So what do they want from her? My point of view is that it's never, to quote uh, Bethany Frankel, it's never about what it's about. But I think their issue is about her not committing to the show in the same way that they're committed. Yes. So I think it's about, I think it's about the show because you have to remember that they are rebooting a brand new franchise or I'm sorry, the city that has a loyal fan base. I think they're just annoyed that here is this woman who probably does think she's above this, but she's doing it for marketing. And so they are just probably annoyed that she's not carrying the same weight that they are. That they are. Yeah. So I think it's about the show and they just can't, obviously they can't say, well, you're not filming as much as we are and you're not talking about as much stuff Mm -hmm. for the show like we are. So they're trying to, they're trying to crack her in a way that's going to make her be more because they've all been open and cried on camera. And here's Jenna just right. leaving early, flying apart. So I think it's more about here we are, the five of us are doing what we can to reboot this city. And here's Jenna not flying with us, like not not doing mm-hmm. the same thing that we're doing. Like she might have a medical condition, but why, you know, what about why us? Why does like, that make her right? That's yeah, true. So, and, and because Jenna is a bit of a, you know, she has a social status in New York. So they're probably like, she thinks she's better than us and she has all the connections and she thinks she can do whatever she wants. And she's used to being the boss and leaving mm-hmm. early. And so I think they're annoyed at the fact that here is this woman who they probably all are thinking we're equal. We're all rebooting the show. But Jenna's acting like she's a little bit above them and she's doing it by not filming all the time with them, leaving early, mm-hmm. booking my own flight because I want to do something different. Not it's showing not, her girlfriends. Yes. That's another not, thing. And so, so it's giving more like, yeah, we're, a, we're, a, we're, a, we're an ensemble bitch. Like that's what they're thinking. Right. And so I, it's coming think, out in that way. Yeah. I think they, they obviously they can't break the fourth wall that hard, but maybe I hope they say it at the reunion at least. Like, well, you know what, we're all filming and you're not. So right. I wonder how much right. of it also is production because they're letting Jenna be on the show and show less of herself because she is such a huge get. Mm-hmm. And so 
they are under a different level of scrutiny and how much they have to open up their lives versus her. Like she came in with conditions and they said, okay, you don't have to do those things because they wanted her so badly because she has attracted so many more people to watching the show that maybe were very skeptical of the reboot, but are like, Ooh, I want to see Jenna, you know? And also Mm -hmm. just having another like queer woman on housewives, you know, it's nice to see someone and representation for people who want that representation. It's, you know, of course. And you know, that she was not a cheap git. Like, you know, they forked out the coins and they gave her what she oh, wanted yeah. salary. So she's probably not getting paid what Bryn got paid. You know, no shade to Bryn. I love her. But Bryn is not probably getting the same check as Jenna Lyons. And so um, I think that's why it's interesting to see the dynamic between. I don't even feel like Jenna's on an island alone yet. But um, the way they're articulating their frustrations to her is it feels like a gang up. But I also put myself in a position of like, well, shit, like. I keep going back to that darn producer lens. I'm like, well, shit, here are the five women filming. And because there's a lot of filming that we don't end up seeing, obviously. So they're all filming, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there goes Jenna doing her own thing. And so they, I, they take it personal when they shouldn't, which I know is the point of these shows. But um, Aaron definitely misrepresented that she said that. And so. Um, yeah, that bothered me. Yeah. That, that's you see, I go amazing. directly for the gang up. I'm like, I don't like the gang up. Like, yeah, no, for sure. I'm yeah. not seeing it like through the producer lens also, at that point because it just bothered me. Also, I mean, okay, if I had a new friend and they told me they had a genetic mm-hmm. condition and I would probably ask, what is that condition called? And then later I would look it up and I would read all about it. And then I would think, mm-hmm. wow, I wonder if my friend is experiencing this. I wonder if she's lost her teeth. I wonder if it's not mm-hmm. just the skin thing. I wonder what her dental surgery is like. What, you know, there must be curiosity. I mean, I would be curious and I would, they don't seem to like get it. All you have to do is wow. read a really small excerpt on what this condition is. Of and course. you realize it's much more serious than just something that makes you look yes. different. It actually has a lot of like physical pain involved. And so I would, I don't know, you always have to like, I don't know, I try to put myself in someone else's shoes. Like, wow, that must be really difficult to go through life having to have so many but- dental surgeries and you know, none of them seem right. to show any interest in her actual condition. I mean, I would walk around no. like I would walk around like true Munchausen syndrome. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think that, no, I think what's fascinating though is that Jenna has been open and vulnerable in her confessionals. Yes, she has showed us those pictures mm-hmm. of her teeth. She has show, she has been very transparent because she told the audience about her mother's history with Africa before them before she told yes. the girls. So I think it really proves Bryn's point of view. It's like you're opening up to everybody else but, but us. us. Yeah. And so, yeah. Right. So because Jenna, when when they flashed that missing tooth scene, I was like, whoa, I need a warning. Like that was a lot. And so but it really is a vulnerable place to be and to sort of prove why she needed to do what she had to do. And the woman remaining ignorant about her illness. I mean, it, that's that's housewives. Law, right? housewives. None of them read. I'm like, that's the law. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, none of them read. Like, none of them are going to educate no. themselves. And, and I, then, I would make the worst housewife. 
And then Sai opens up about her situation with her mom, who is an alcoholic and kind of she noticed a big change in her mom when her mom was 16. And like that seemed to last the rest of her mom's life. And her mom's life. Yeah. She had a cardiac arrest in a park. That's hard at that age. Yeah. Can you imagine at 16, your mom just is not the person that she was and is drunk. I I mean, that. No, for sure. And I think, I think, I mean, this episode really bonded them and they all opened up about really serious stuff. And I think that knowing that part of Psy combined with how she's been open about growing up poor and growing up, uh, you know, with her difficult life and childhood, I think it really shows why she's presented as tough because she, she's always in survivor mode, I feel. Yes. She's always on the defense. She's always trying to be like, okay, like I got this. It's going to be fine. And and she's also been like motherly on some points, which I think is endearing. Like she- To Bryn, how do I yes. Help? Yeah, she was motherly to Bryn and she reached out to Jenna and was like oh, after her breakup. And so there, she, I go back and forth with her because it's like, you are tough when you need to be, but then you have such a soft energy when you also mm-hmm. need to be. So I think because of her adversity, she's really wants to prevent other people from adversity. And she has such a, I, I see a lot of Twitter discourse that don't like her, but I have like a soft spot for her because of her uh, mm-hmm. adversity and stuff. And so I don't know, I get like a very calming energy from her. Like she what? might be annoying sometimes, but Calm. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I get like a very. Ra- Listen, let me let me reclare. Let me clarify. I get the calming energy because I feel like she just knows what she wants. I feel like she is not afraid to say I'm hungry, and if you're offended by that, then whatever. Too like bad, right? I, I applauded her when she interrupted the argument. And it was like, we need to order because the kitchen's probably going to close in 10 minutes. <laughs> I need to order my food. That is some shit I would do. And so I do think that she's has like a calmer energy like that. Just she balances the group out and she shuts it down. Like in, even in the preview next week when um, Aaron and Uba go at it, she's the first one to say, stop. Yeah, what's that about? Oh, yeah. my God. I'm excited. I for do that not one. see that but one coming. Aaron no, is the one that I see a lot of discourse around that's negative but I actually enjoy her now what I really don't like about her (laughs) though is Mm -hmm. this is like one of the most pet peeves like of mine most annoying when someone shares something and you make it about yourself like when when Sai was sharing and then she started crying and she's like oh my god like I, I, you know, I'm going to cry or I, yeah, that was know, a little much, but she does it. A, she's yeah. done it a couple times where uh-huh. like, Oh, I'm going to do this or I like this hurts me. Right. Um, it's, it's frustrating. Cause like, how do you think the person that experienced it feels? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and she hasn't been, it's not like it's her lifelong friend that's like telling her about something and she's crying. Like she hasn't been friends with her for that long. I thought the crying was a little much. Like I'm I, not sure I would cry. I feel story. like, it was sad, I feel like, but I might not cry. I feel like Aaron is, is who Ramona was 30 years ago because Aaron is just Maybe as insufferable as Ramona. Aaron has had issues with you everybody think? on the cast. I think she, listen, Ramona was very energetic and talked with her hands and blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. But Ramona and Aaron have like similar, like everything bothers them. Everything take it personal. I'm going to call you out. And then they apologize if like, and they demand it. Like I see like a parallel between the personalities of like, Oh, you're both, 
You're both insufferable women. I I like Erin on the show. I like her on the show. Does she annoy the shit out of me? Yes. But I like her on the show. I'm objective enough to say, you know what? You're good for the show. You're, you might be a trash person, but you are good for the show because of you. You make everything about you. You uh, take everything personal and you yeah. are not afraid to call people out, which is what we need. But she, there's just something about, now that energy, keep it. Like, I am good. Bryn was the first one that told us, Aaron, Aaron's thing, and she's always fighting with somebody. And next week, her and Uba go at it, which I did not see coming. So it's like, damn, you really do fight no. with everybody. Yeah. Like, you really do I mean, and if she made her. Uba upset enough to grab her glasses, like, off of her face, because Uba does not strike me like that. So, but well, I don't know. Fine. I know what she did. I don't dislike any of the women on the show, but personality wise, Aaron's the one that I'm just like, oh my God, I want to argue with you, but I don't because I don't know you. But <laughs> I'm just like, there's something about Aaron's energy where I'm like, oh, like ever since, oh, now you, now you got me going. Ever since she said shopping at the dollar store would be fun, I was just like, girl. Like, really, bitch? And that's why Sai was like, well, some people, it's not a choice. Some people, they they have to go to the dollar store. Right. I wouldn't call it fun. And then she's like, well, you know what I meant? It's like, no, you know what you said. You sound stupid. Same and with so, what she said um, about the embryo. She was like, oh, I was joking. I'm like, you were not joking. And then when yeah, she said no. that Bryn was too sensitive, and I'm like, okay, so it's okay when your feelings that's, are hurt, but when someone else's feelings are right. hurt. It's no, not I, okay. I do like Erin, though. Like, it. I, her persona and energy is very familiar to me it almost same me, i think it's Six a jewish thing jewish separation i mean oh, let's well, be you honest know, listen listen <laughs> leslie if you ever act like aaron i'm gonna call you out and say i won't she's no immature offense. too she's also a little immature she's only i mean no offense you guys are much younger than me no but. she's my age what the hell yeah. when did these housewives become our age and i'm just like what the hell <sighs> And the fact that she didn't know what WAP was, I'm like, oh, okay, that checks out. That was but, odd to me, too. I mean, we all live in this pop culture world. So how does she not, like... I'm like, that know. actually checks out for you, Miss Erin. But listen, yeah. I think she's great for the show. I like... This is the first cast in a long time, like, new cast anyway, where I just immediately liked all of them. Like, they're good for the show. They give good, they're a good balance. I think casting did a great job yeah. with these women. Um, I do hope that they're all back next season and that jenna gets like a second round at this because i think she's so out of her comfort zone and now maybe if she knows totally. the women more if she knows the women more next season we'll see a little bit more fun side of jenna that she's not as guarded and uh protect because she's very guarded and protected like you can tell that she is not there to yes if it were if it were not for the show she would not talk to any of this woman so <laughs> like that's no, what I, I, I agree yeah, yeah i do I think, think so. that Jenna is a sweet person, though, and I'm hoping that when she sees the love that she gets, that she warms mm -hmm. up to the idea of being on this show. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I just think, yeah, and another one that's really grown on me is Jessel. Now, I started out being like, what the hell is wrong with this woman? Same. And now, Same. and I'm like, oh, there's problems with that marriage. No, that marriage is solid. That is a solid yes. effing marriage. If yeah. you can go a year and a half with no sex, and that's not going to break you, and it's not the only issue yeah, that you're dealing with, true. like, 
they have like a solid foundation and how they communicate is so funny. At, at first I thought she and was rude I, to him, but I'm like, no, I get it. It's like a shtick. No, it's just their way. Yeah, no, for sure. And I am glad that, that they didn't edit it to make it seem worse than it was because they probably technically could have, but um, mm-hmm. they, they presented like a well-rounded version of their relationship because even in the trailer, I was like, Oh shit, this is going to be a mess. But now I, she grew on me so much. She's so funny. She doesn't take herself seriously. She's the only one who went up to Jenna and was like, who cares if you flew first class or business class? Like, who cares? Like, why does that matter? And so Jesso is one of the housewives that is funny, but doesn't realize she's funny. And she doesn't like, she's just herself. And it comes across that way. So I love that. I love her energy too. It's, she's perfect. She's perfect for the show. Um, I absolutely adore her. for sure. Any sort of final thoughts on New York or anything, anything else that's going on? What are your thoughts on Orange County this season? Oh, yeah. I know that it's airing today, so we're going to watch it later. But yes, how do you feel? Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I have found it's possible to really like a housewife and want them to be on the show and enjoy them and like think they're wrong in every situation, which is Shannon Bedore. Um, I love her. I want her on, I wanted her (laughs) on my television for the rest of eternity, but I, Mm -hmm. I disagree with everything she does. Like everything she does. And it doesn't piss me off. I'm just like, Oh, she's wrong. And again, (laughs) right. Just Shannon. Right. And Mandy, that's why you're such a great Bravo fan because you are able to come, you know, switch, not know that they're good for the show. Like you you know, they're good. Right. Shannon. She's another one. She annoys me, but she's good for the show. So it's like, okay, we need her. And I don't even think she comes off as contrived. Like that's just who she is. Like that's she, she can't really be is anyone yeah. other than and I did talk about this as on Emily Hanks podcast. And I feel that while Tamara may be like, she may be a necessary evil for this show to work, like she may be the catalyst that makes everything else happen. But mm-hmm. I do feel that she is producing Shannon. Yes. Like, uh, oh, she's yes. she produces. Shannon, yes. More than Shannon. Yeah, I know. I but, mean, but no. Jen's not yeah. falling for her shit. Jen with two N's is no, not sure. falling for Tamara's shit. She is standing on her own two feet. She is someone that gives me calm energy. When she, I want her to take me through like a yoga nidra class. Yes. I am here for yeah. that. Uh, Jen, was, <laughs> Jen was a solid casting choice, better than so the last solid. Jen from last season. But, but no, but uh, going sure. back to Shannon real quick before the fact that, okay, so I'm going to name drop, but we were at the Gansevoort last year and Kyle Richards was leaving and she's like, Oh, do you want a picture? I turn around and Shannon is standing right there just staring at us. And so I go, Oh, Shannon, get in the picture. And she goes, really? Yes. You want me in it? Are you sure you want me in it? Because you didn't ask me to be in the picture, but I mean, I can get in <laughs> and I'm like, She's hilarious. Oh. She's, and she's so like, I mean, I'll, funny. And, and so she's like, I mean, I'll get in it, but, you know, you're more excited to see Kyle. It's okay. Right. Like, and I'm like, oh, my God, no, <laughs> get in the picture. Right, get in the picture. Yeah, it was like us and, and Justin, Sylvester, and Kyle. Justin, and Sylvester, and Kyle, and Shannon. Like, she finally gets in the picture. And so I just had this moment. I'm like, wow, she really is how she is on TV. Like, cause that's She the, is. Like, she took selfies with me and she's like okay let's do a goofy face now so we have like i mean she's, she's amazing so funny she just I love is her. shannon yeah. i yeah. love her and i don't yeah. get annoyed by her like i just love her no. but i'm like you're wrong like <laughs> it 
it's not right. pissing me no, off. Totally you're wrong. wrong. You're just right. wrong. Like no, right? You're just but wrong. I can't help but love you. I also do like Heather. So I'm like someone who loves Shannon and also loves Heather. I feel like they. I've said this like a hundred times, but like if they think that she talks down to them, then they just need to read more. <laughs> like they just need <laughs> to get to her level. I know she does not need to go down to them. That is so dumb she's not and annoying. Go to their level, yeah. Come on, like no. she's not. She's not talking crazy here. I I do feel like she is so calculated, and that annoys them. But like, mm-hmm. there's she's no more calculated than yes. Tamra. Than they are right. They're all. Tam- I don't. Well, they're they're all. They know calculated. what they're doing by now. I think it's Tamra and Heather that are calculated, and everyone else is a, li- a little bit more themselves. Emily's a little calculated. Emily's been doing a little. She's bit been doing a little like stirring season, to try and make sure. a good show, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think the difference I would argue the difference between the calculation incentive for Tamara and Heather is Tamara's doing it for the show and Heather does it for herself. herself and that's yes. what's annoying to them. True. Yeah. <laughs> Heather Heather is so rich. Heather doesn't need the show financially. No. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Heather does not need the check. She's there because she wants to help her alleged acting career. And so she is there to, you know, for the show. And she wants exposure and she wants, you know, uh-huh. the whatever. Whereas the other girls do it because they know they have a show to produce. Some of them might need the right. check for a living. So I think that's where the the difference in perception of like, oh, well, you're producing for you. I'm producing it for everybody. So for I'm everybody. Right. Yeah. So right. Because like Tamara's I, looking out for everybody as opposed to yeah, Heather. She's I'm giving you she is, But she is like, yeah. she said she is. But I mean, and, you know, she's not yeah. just like. Well, Emily is stirring the pot. Tamara is throwing grenades and then claiming it's Heather. Like, come on. <laughs> right. It's, you know. Well, I mean. No, I mean, it is what it is at this point. And ultimately, like, I I believe Tamara when she says that she would never join a show with actual real life friends. And because of the nature oh, of these. Yeah. And so I don't even think that she is trying to because she wants to call Jen out because Jen has been all over the place. And so is she going too far with Jen sometimes? Yes. But ultimately, I go back to, well, if Tamara wasn't here, look at season 16. That was a bit of a snooze fest. And so, yes, we either have to embrace it. And unless she does something completely horribly unforgivable, but to she, me she doesn't point. do stuff like that. She just no. That's kinda, what I'm saying. Like right to me, it's like and if she everybody... wasn't producing Jen, wh- I mean, would Jen be boring? Think about it. If Ma- Tamara wasn't telling us all this stuff that's going on in Jen's life, would we give a shit about Jen? So I would. I find her. Jen captivating. I feel like what's annoying <laughs> to I me. I like Jen as well. I find her capttivating. <laughs> I she speaks and I listen. Because she says okay. things slowly, and it's almost as if she's thinking yes. before she talks, which is something I have not seen on these shows. Some novel now, idea. The yes. annoying part yes. is that Tamara produces, but no one ever goes against her, and they right. always want to choose a different target. And it's like, can the target be Tamara? Can we go to Tamara? Why? And and she does do things that are shitty because I think she's the one that started everything with Shannon and John Jansen and all the, you know, she got everyone talking about that and she's supposed to be Shannon's close friend. 
She's not just a coworker. She's a good friend of hers. And she was the one that first brought it up, right? And then said, oh, Heather knows stuff. And Heather's, Heather hadn't said anything. You know, Mario disagrees. Well, here, I, I disagree <laughs> because, because here's the thing. When the show, when they're filming the show, they haven't seen the show. They don't know what's going to air. They don't know what the other women are filming. Saying, because. Right. Be- because Heather said something about now this is uh, obviously this is all conjecture and this is according to Tamara but because Heather said something about Shannon's relationship off camera Tamara's place was okay has Heather said anything on camera to these girls if so who knows what and then the fact that um, Emily and Gina were also privy to the same gossip from Heather Tamara was mm-hmm. in a position of like if I don't tell Shannon what's being said behind her back to these girls. I'm the shitty friend after we're rebuilding our friendship. But if I say it on camera, I'm going to, because I think Tamara was operating under the assumption that if Heather said it off camera, then it's going to have to be on camera at some point for the sake of a storyline. And Heather did the same shit in season nine when she talked about Shannon's marriage off camera Mm -hmm. at a restaurant. And then Shannon found out, not through Tamara that time, but Shannon found out, Heather denied it again, and then later was like, yeah, we were talking about it, but I was Mm -hmm. protecting you. So that's why they showed that flashback. So I think because Heather said it off camera, once you say anything that damning about her friend off camera, Tamara was like, all right, if I I knew she said, like, because what if Shannon would have found out? later on that Tamara knew that Heather said what she said off but camera. It sounds like they all know. They all know that there are major problems the, between her and John Jansen. They were and all so, talking about it. It was not just for Heather. years. It was it not like just this Heather. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, the, that's another thing Heather. though. It's like, okay. So, right. That bothered he- me. It bothered me. I, I think Heather became the scapegoat and it became about, yes. and this, I think I told Leslie this. I'm like, why is it about the reaction or the gossip? Why is it not about how shitty your relationship is? Like, can exactly. we exactly blame John Jansen for mm-hmm. never sleeping blame over, right. for exactly. making you pay right. for so, everything, for having what kids I love that hate about- you, <laughs> leaving her at Novo or something? I, I yes. love, I love that Mandy just I love Javier's that wherever. I love that Mandy said the <laughs> list because Heather was so good when she's like. I don't repeat what I know. And then she lists the, Man, all boom, the crappy boom. ass shit. And I was just Four like, oh. screen. <laughs> it's bad. That it's like, good. and if he it's said the stuff it's... to her about being ugly or fat or anything <gasps> like that, you know, what really? Emily shared. Yeah. I mean, come on, Shannon. But the thing is, Shannon's been in such shitty relationships that this one is less shitty than the others. So she's like, Oh, this is the most in love right. I've ever been. She thinks it's amazing. Right, <laughs> right. Because sometimes he's nice to her. Right, exactly. It's so, so awful. And then the whole thing about I have fights that paralyze me. Yes. That that's just not like, normal, Shannon. That's that is not, not normal. normal. That is not normal. <laughs> also, not okay. Like, Everybody uh, fights, but that is not normal. Also, the longevity of a relationship where your partner's children actively despise you will not work in the long term. And the sooner that she accepts that, the better. Yes. Absolutely. 
So well, thank you for humoring me on my OC question because I know that <laughs> I just wanted I wanted, I wanted to gauge yeah. your OC status. Oh, I love um, it. I'm loving it. Um, and I've never liked the OC yes. that much in a long time. So I'm yeah. Oh, well, there you go then. Yes. I'm really yeah, it had a rough it. season. It had a few rough. It did. Seasons, there were a rough you know, few it, seasons, there. especially when sorry when Kelly Dodd was on. I'm not sorry. Why am I saying sorry? I hate her. You know, but there, <laughs> she's a bad bad person well, there's just there was a... <laughs> something about like i don't feel that the oc ladies lives are aspirational really as much like none of them live directly on the water none of them have like incredible views like lisa vanderpump did mm-hmm. you know none of them right. uh, i don't know it seems sort of basic i guess and so yes it has been a little less and and culturally they're very odd to me like the fact that they all have to look alike and they all have to have the same boobs and they all have to the same dark skin like when jen was talking about her adopted son being darker skin than her and uh-huh. then resumed to her confessional yeah. where her skin is just as dark <laughs> it's like it's just <laughs> right, like right. what is like why Curtis, does your you skin have, have to look like that like it's right. such a weird but in Orange County, they all have to look like that. They all, I know, and so it, it's it's, a it's strange that place. Them in Jersey are the ones I like culturally understand the least, right? Like For I'm sure. not. Yeah. They, that is different. definitely that's, that's its own little world. Jer- the fact that Jersey and New York are so different but so close apart geographically, it's always a question mark to me. It's like, how are y'all this right? different? And the same for Beverly Hills and Orange County. It's like, uh-huh. it's, it's, that's very bizarre. true. And I can it's say it. I was just in New York and we left New York to go to Jersey to see Bruce Springsteen. Jersey people are their own breed. No offense exactly. to anybody from Jersey. <laughs> no. Yeah. Y'all are. I yeah. think I, I, I think people from Jersey would agree with you at this point because it's like, yeah, yeah. we are like it, it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, no, they were you're great, saying this as a Floridian. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. Well, I'm a Miamian. I'm a Miamian. I, I don't consider I myself from Florida. When people are like, oh, you're from Florida. Nope. I'm from Miami. We should be our own little state here. But, you know, Miami did, like, vote the same way as the I rest know. of Florida. Oh, I know. <laughs> there is definitely. Believe me. And I know plenty of people that voted that way but it's just like okay you know but it's more when they just have no crazy like i don't know they're like like something that's so crazy in florida is near so my my dad Mm -hmm. and stepmom live the majority of the year in naples and they always have this like big oh it's like two hours for me yeah, yeah it's so close and they always have some sort of like thing where these like hunters, like random Floridians go with their guns into uh-huh. the Everglades and Ooh. search for pythons. Is it pythons? Yeah. The like the snakes. That... I, I think I've heard of that. And yes. They like yes. shoot them and kill them. And then like you get a prize for who yeah. like, gets the biggest one. Oh my God. And it's yeah. Just, it's just wild. I'm like, Florida's just its own. Yeah place <laughs> it's its own craziness and miami is nuts as well i'm not gonna lie and say it's not it's just nuts in a di- different, different way, way. it's nuts i always in a more send these fun things way. to mario right there's a there's an account I mean, on instagram called only in dade and it's hilarious just the things that people in miami do it's just like oh my god like and and yeah you can't and, even believe it and leslie is 
thankfully we are not our zip code and so Leslie's the best person I know so I love it but you know <laughs> it, it, we we live we live where we live and Leslie lives we in a do. fabulous beach side town I can't wait to visit and enjoy the craziness that is Miami <laughs> watch me fit right in that'll be the most funny part is I fit you right will in no you'd be fine here you'd be fine here I mean yeah, I live fabulous. in like the suburbs though so oh, okay. you know, I'm not in all the craziness but it's still nuts here I live in this I don't know if you're, are you familiar at all with Miami? Maybe, yeah, or, I am. Yeah. Like, okay. Coral Gables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I basically okay, know so the suburbs where south. Jews live in almost every city in America. Oh, so I live in Pinecrest. Okay. Okay. So Pinecrest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's a more very familiar with the Midwestern Jewish cities. populated. But I know. Okay. I also know Florida. Just Google Pinecrest. Yeah. You'll see. Yes. And New York, little, I, you like, know, you village. know the suburbs, right? Like you tell me yes. a city and I'll of tell course. you which suburb the Jews are in because my husband grew up in Roslyn on Long Island. Oh, so yeah. Roslyn I know Roslyn. Jewish. Yes. Yeah. Everyone goes <laughs> okay. to the Roslyn High School. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. That's, so That's where he went. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast this week. Tell everyone where they can listen and find your podcast and where they can find Absolutely. each of you on social media. So our podcast is East and West with Mario and Les, and you can find it anywhere you listen to pods, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeart, um, and I am at Mommy Roo, M-O-M-M-Y-R-O-U, on Twitter, and the same on Instagram. Mario? I am at Mario Kiki, <laughs> M-A-R-I-O-K-I-K-I on Twitter, X, whatever it's called. And then the Instagram account to follow for updates is BravoCon and the number one. And I post our links there. And then we uh, we archived all of our BravoCon trips from 2019 and 2022 on that Instagram. Mm-hmm. So um, that's actually how the podcast was birthed because we went uh, Instagram live. Me and Leslie had a little too many libations at a Watch What Happens Live taping. And we, last year's, right? <laughs> yes. And we were live streaming on that account and we were just sitting there talking shit about everybody on stage and everybody was like, a lot of people were like, oh my God, you guys should start a podcast. And so when Leslie and me left, Leslie's like, why don't we start a podcast? And I was, I will let, I will be the first one to say I was nervous to do it way too nervous. But Leslie is the cheerleader and believed in us and we're having so much fun. So I love it. We're having the best time. And I have a little bit of a radio background. So I knew what I was doing somewhat. So I was like, we can do this. We can do this. And I'm like, all right. I was like, all right, mommy, you got this. I trust you. And she, (laughs) really has rooted for us and so it's been fun yeah i love yes. that well so there's thank you so for much for having us all of the podcasts um in the bravo universe definitely you can never have too many it's so fun and i love meeting all the people who i just... love hearing everybody's different opinions yeah, yeah it's fun it's how you can connect with people it's like interesting to see how people have different takes on like the very same thing we're watching the exact same thing and have I such know. different opinions and that's i think really fascinating so thank you so much for, for coming sure. on and i can't wait to meet you in november oh my yeah, god so fun thank I'm you man excited thank, thank, so thank fun. you so much <laughs> <laughs>